0: Welcome to Jake and Afraid. I'm your host, four-time Naked and Afraid survivalist, Jake Nodar. Join me as I recap each new Naked and Afraid episode, guest hosted by some of the show's favorite alumni. Each week, we'll recap each episode with the perspective only a survivalist of the show can give. Now let's get naked. Hello and welcome to Jake and Afraid. Today we kick off the Naked and Afraid Castaways recap and I am joined by four-time Naked and Afraid survivalist, the king of the bone throne, the bare-handed killer, the star of Castaways, Bulent. Thanks for joining me, Bulent.
1: Thank you, Jake. Thank you again for having me for the second time.
0: The first one was very popular. Everybody loved hearing from you, so I'm thrilled to have you back. How have you been since we last spoke?
1: It's been great. It's been really awesome. You know, a lot of people come up to me and say, you know what, when are you going to be on next? And, and my typical answer was, you know, I've, I've done 30 days alone in Africa. For me to do something to the next level, what do you want me to do? Do 60 days alone? I will get bored of watching myself for that long. And me I said, too. It, 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 <laughs> it has to be something fresh, something out of the box, something really, really unique. And when I was approached with the idea of castaway, I'm like, huh, that is as good as it gets. Because I'm a pilot, and when you learn how to fly, we have these emergency procedures. You literally have to soak in, memorize it to the bone, and all of those things are in case something happens. One of the things I have to do, because I fly over the ocean to get to lower 48, is what would I do if I crash into water? What is the procedure for that? And then what can I do after that? And I looked at Castaway, I said, this is the perfect training, real life training, real time. And I said, I couldn't ask anything better than that. And meet that with Naked and Afraid. It was the best opportunity I can ask for.
0: Well, I was certainly happy to see you back and we will get right into it. This is Naked and Afraid Castaways, season one, episode one, Lord of the Sandflies. So this is a 21 day challenge. They do not have any maps. They have no tools. The other thing that I really enjoyed seeing on this first episode, it's a lot of pretty new faces. I mean, they've all done a 21 day challenge, but I I think you're the only one that has successfully completed multiple challenges, but I feel like naked and afraid tends to go to their favorites bring them back over and over and over and over and over again. So I was thrilled, A, of course, to see you back, because it's been it's been several years, but then also to see so many new faces a lot from this past season. So uh, I was excited about that.
1: Yeah, see, I haven't been on for a couple of years, and I've been away from the entire Naked and Afraid community, so I didn't know anybody when I got there which was good and a bad you have if you haven't watched their episodes you have no idea what to expect which was kind of good because there wasn't any prejudgment yeah other than to myself
0: i think that's a good thing because i know a few of these and a lot of them i actually reviewed when i first started doing this podcast it was the first season that i did so i got to watch them and I critiqued them slash judged them. Uh, some of them I don't think are huge fans of me after critiquing them. But here we are and, you know, we're, we're getting into it. So it's it's this kind of brand new challenge. It's really, I feel like, as primitive as it can get, not having any items at all. And you guys are dropped off in three teams of three. And you'll start out separate parts of the island But by day 21, you have to reach the northernmost tip mm, of the island for extraction. So we first meet Andrew, Patrick, and Heather. Andrew had two unsuccessful goes previously. One was a medical tap. He had several ticks in his anus. uh, (laughs) And (laughs) if I had a dollar. (laughs) Right. And then the second time was just this past season Where he just was going through it and and he chose to tap out on his redemption. So this is his third time. So we are rooting for him. Third time is a charm, hopefully. Uh, Then we meet Heather. Heather did complete her challenge in South Africa. She was not necessarily the easiest partner to cohabitate with. We'll leave it at that. But this is a new challenge. So we're going to start with a clean slate. And then we meet Patrick and his man bun and he did complete his challenge. I think he had some issues with his partner, but I do like, I mean, he, he backpacked over 7,000 miles last year, which to me is freaking insane. Bonkers. So mm-hmm. team team number one, what were, what were your initial thoughts just from watching, I don't want to get into the future. So just, your initial thoughts, seeing them on TV. Uh, were you like, oh shit, or you, you know, know are you excited?
1: In the first episode, I saw people I didn't get to see it on the island, so that mm. was fresh, hmm. right? Um, it, it's it's difficult because people like you and me who actually have done a couple of challenges, our critique is different than somebody who watches it as a viewer. So the critique is completely different. Well, be critical on the techniques that what they could have, should have done versus you sitting on the couch and and saying, yeah, you should have started fire earlier, right? (laughs) (laughs) So it it was a definitely unique group of people. The backgrounds were extremely diverse, which I actually enjoyed because it's such a challenge that what mattered, not only you need to be a survivalist but also you have to be able to look at some other man's garbage and say this is my treasure and this is what i'm going to do with it that was completely outside of the box which i really enjoyed struggle at times of course but the first thing is first they drop you into the water they say go that's the island right you're in the water you're swimming you know i i take pride of my physical skills at least, after 20 minutes, bro, well, my ass got so big, I'm like drinking seawater, right? You swim and swim and swim, get to a place where we couldn't inhabit, and then we had to swim more. So that swim took everything out of you.
0: Did you say your ass got big?
1: My ass got so big, instead <laughs> of floating, it start sinking in the water. Wow,
0: okay. Right? That's, that's a like, big ass. I can't,
1: I can't yeah. I can't swim anymore. Literally. And um, it was reaching the beach was really, really happy. My feet were happy. My body was really draining and you haven't started to challenge it. You just at the beach.
0: Well that was that's when we met you, Kara and Naeem. And I'm not gonna lie, when I first saw you guys in that boat, I thought Boo Lent, you did not go tanning. You were incredibly pale. And that's, I mean, for me, before Naked and Afraid, I go in those tanning beds, I do the full splits, I make sure my taint is tanned, everything is tanned Mm -hmm. so I don't get sunburned. Were you worried about this?
1: Uh, I can take a lot of sun. For me to get burned, it will take a lot. I don't think I ever got really burned in my life. I will peel and all of that, but it wasn't like it. I have never been into a beach where it will actually endanger my health.
0: Okay. Well, I'm worried you're going to look like Clint Eastwood by the time you're 50.
1: More than likely. More <laughs> <Lord>, than likely.
0: <laughs> well, that was, I mean, for that to be my only observation, I feel, like, I feel like you can deal with that. I'm sure you'll tan up gorgeously in a matter of days. One of your partners, I believe, called you salty, and they basically say that you have a resting bitch face, which I can attest to. That's 100% accurate.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. There's no lie.
0: But there was there was a respect knowing, you know, having seen your challenges, they knew what you're capable of, which, you know, that's got to be a little intimidating, both because you can be slightly difficult, and by slightly, I mean a lot.
1: Um, <laughs> uh, I, okay, here's the thing. I don't call myself difficult. I say I have a mission, I have a mentality to finish that mission, and I'm not going to take bitching and moaning for it. It needs to get done. You need to just stop bitching and moaning or leave.
0: And I, I know you, for those who don't know, Bulent is a friend. He has stayed with me and he is, he's great. I think, I think you're very direct. And I feel like that is what is often kind of perceived as difficult because people aren't used to being direct, which I appreciate that about you because... Being a passive aggressive bitch doesn't get you far in life.
1: I'll tell you no, that much. No, no, no. See, I, when I die, I rather be—I rather be remembered as a guy who told the truth and didn't give a shit how it made you feel about it. Then he was nice to everybody. He sugarcoated everything. You couldn't get a good answer from him. right? Yeah. So that's that's my attitude. And quite frankly, if you can handle the truth, you know what to do.
0: Agreed. You say your biggest challenges out there uh, that you'll face are going to be sharks, sandflies, and millennials.
1: Now, now, let me clear clear something. Sharks, sandflies, all of those things bite you and hurt you and probably kill you. The millennial part is you know, I'm old. I'm almost 48 years old. Our mentality and the millennial mentality is so far apart. It creates almost like a enormous generational gap Hmm. so that is the reason why i said that because how they look at things and how we look at things are so different it clashes and hoping that we will find that common ground and come most of the time that common ground never comes Hmm. that's the that's the challenge in a group setting
0: it'll be interesting to see how that plays out we meet naeem and Uh, Correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't think he finished his 21 Day. And I'm pretty sure he was out with Rachel on, on their 21 Day. Now, I did know he was very crafty out there, very creative. I liked the way his brain operated as far as just the ingenuity of things. I feel like he really kind of thought outside of the box, which I appreciate. I think that's a big part of survival. But he didn't finish the 21 Day's and ended up leaving Rachel out there to complete the challenge on her own. But uh, hopefully he will have more success with this challenge. And then we have Kara, who completed 21 days in Zambia. And I'm not gonna lie, I'm not familiar with her episode. I I don't know uh, much about what happened on her first 21 day, but she finished it.
1: Well, here's the thing. I didn't know any of them, I didn't watch, I didn't get to watch enough of their episodes. When Naeem told me he didn't finish his challenge, uh, the first thing that went through my head, you didn't finish a 21 challenge and you're in a challenge that's hell a lot harder than that. You got balls, kid. I would appreciate a man like that.
0: Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah.
1: And uh, Kara, being a military uh, the army veteran, so we automatically have almost the same mentality. So we, we, we click quite fast. Even though she, she called me old timer, <laughs> I'm mean, given. I'm the oldest one. I guess I can definitely take that. Right. Yeah. I, I mean, that. she's
0: not wrong.
1: <laughs> definitely not.
0: <laughs> the final team is Candace, Rachel and Justin. Rachel is a free dive instructor and. I'm not gonna lie. She was on Naked and Afraid of Love. I did not meet her when I hosted the reunion uh, show. She was not there for that. I was a little hesitant watching her first 21 day challenge, but she was so incredible out there. I'm, I'm, I'm a big fan. I feel like from that season, she was one of my top favorites coming away from it. I mean, she was able to dig deep And really push through for her 21 days. So I'm excited to see. Especially
1: alone, alone, doing it alone. It it takes a different kind of animal. Definitely. Yeah,
0: absolutely. Candice left her challenge very early on. I think it was day four or five, uh, leaving her partner Joe out there. So this is her first chance to really prove that she does have what it takes. You know, I'm not sure. I don't know if she was homesick or what it was on that first challenge, but... I'm always worried when they leave that quickly. That said, the dynamic's totally different when you have three people, you know, it really can change a lot.
1: See, as as a person who did a redemption challenge, your mentality, your mindset is completely different than a regular challenge. You're going down there to to actually prove something Mm -hmm. to yourself, to somebody else, to the universe, whatever it is. So for them to come into a challenge to this level, to redeem themselves, I mean, that is hell a lot a bigger person than most people you're gonna see in life. It takes a lot to make that commitment.
0: Yeah. Well, I'm I'm hoping she, she's got it and she can power through this. We meet Justin, who was another one up there with Rachel for me as far as that past season. He doesn't claim to be some amazing survivalist or anything, just is mentally tough. He's gone through a lot in his past and is kind of pulled from that. He's ex-military. He rescues dogs. He seems like an all-around good guy.
1: He seemed very humble. For a war veteran to say, you know, yeah, we did and did what needed to get done. And don't try not to make it a big deal of the biggest, one of the biggest deals that you can have in your life. It, It takes a lot. It takes yeah. a lot. So he seems to be very nice guy, humble guy, and we can take pain. And pain is what matures you, right? Absolutely.
0: And I, I mean, the fact that him and Rachel are on the same team, I'm excited about that. And hopefully they'll be able to give Candace all the support she needs, and they will power through. Well, all the teams have to swim to shore and immediately met by a shit ton of biting insects. And we see you guys, since you have no items, it turns into a full-on scavenger hunt, basically right away, on what I am now going to refer to as Trash Island.
1: Well, here's the thing. Whatever floats, gonna get there because the currents are so high. Mm -hmm. I mean, if somebody throws something in Japan, it will come to that island eventually. And and the second thing, it's so much more different than a regular challenge. First of all, you don't know where you are. You don't know where you're going to go, where you can go. Let's say you found a snake on the way to your place. Now, you, got, you don't have a knife. You don't have a fire starter. Mm-hmm. Are you going to waste that meat? Are you going to take the chance to eat it raw? There's so many variables, so many different things. And the automatic mindset is, let's find some tools, whatever we can.
0: What well, seemed like there was... A good bit out there naim found an old fan with metal blades in uh, a wire cage definitely could be useful i think andrew finds an old lighter it just it seems like there's a lot of stuff that could be useful but again it's it's just kind of uncharted territory so i'm sure you know it, it had to be kind of a weird weird situation to be in where it's like okay you just need to start gathering anything that looks remotely important and we see your team off to find Drinking water and this is where you call Kara a princess uh, Which I thought I was the only one you called that so I was a little offended by that
1: (laughs) Well, you're a different level of princess definitely (laughs) damn straight
0: (laughs) Well, you spot pig tracks and you decide to follow them in hopes of it leading you somewhere good
1: Just the same thing in Africa. You see animal tracks. There's only one place the animals go water Mm -hmm. nobody survives without water so eventually We were gonna find water with the animal tracks so that was the main thought
0: and we see everybody out basically doing the same things they're either looking for water or trash that can be turned into treasures andrew heather and patrick find a little creek then they spot an old military jeep that looks like it has some things on it that they could you know make use of your team finds a cute little waterfall which would be great for some instagram photos Uh, It looked fresh and seems like it doesn't need to be boiled. Did you have any hesitation at all with that water?
1: At all times, at all times, because you you might think it's fresh. You don't know what is happening half a mile up the stream, okay? That doesn't mean some animal didn't poop into water two minutes before you drank it, right? So there is always that cautionary thing, but you know, shit comes to push, or push comes to shit whichever i'm dyslexic so whichever same
0: i understood it that's why right right same page
1: (laughs) so you have to hydrate there ain't nothing to it it is an island it is hot humid and the hydration is number one yeah concern so you have to address that right away
0: Risk versus reward. That always makes me nervous because people talk about it tasting fresh. And I'm like, well, parasites don't really taste like anything. So (laughs) it's it's a gamble, but, you know, you need water. So anyway, you then pick your shelter slash camp location uh, close to the the water source. Andrew is working with a lighter in hopes of making fire. And then the sun sets and immediately... The bugs move in, and in true Boulent style, this is where we see you using a glass bottle as a pillow. That looked like luxury.
1: <laughs> hey, I had a, I have an opportunity to use that pillow. If it is glass bottle, it's good. Yeah,
0: that's going to do wonders for that spinal column.
1: That's definitely. It, did. it definitely did, too.
0: <laughs> we see Heather. She is already covered in bites. Justin, Rachel, and Candace have a boar come by camp and squeals like a pig. They're nervous, and of course, nobody has any kind of knife or weapon whatsoever.
1: One of the things that make this challenge so much more challenging is, since you don't know where you are, you don't know what kind of predators are there. Hmm. You don't have a fire yet. You don't have any weapons to protect yourself. You are a sitting freaking duck. And those... Everything that bites you, flying or not, they've been waiting to bite somebody for a while. They're hungry. So when they suck, you lose like a pint of blood a night. (laughs) Yeah, it it was incredible.
0: Well, the thing that's funny is we always make fun of those ridiculous maps with those gigantic cartoon animals on there, but as ridiculous as they are, they give you at least some sense of, hey, okay, we're dealing with jaguars or we're dealing with caiman, you know, and you don't have that.
1: You definitely missed that map we make fun of every time definitely yeah.
0: miss it. i'm sure i'm sure you did it is is cartoon like as it was it still did help out yeah we are at day two and we see andrew heather and patrick after a crap night's sleep and they decide to focus on making fire in hopes that that's going to help reduce the bugs as well as obviously you know be able to cook over and everything else that fire provides keeps away the predators etc etc now this is obviously much more challenging without any tools. They're talking about doing a bow drill, and they don't have a knife or anything to, you know, do everything that would really make this a lot easier. And that was the first time where I was like, "Well, shit, that's where you you really started to see, okay, you guys have have a, a lot of extra work
1: ahead of you." And to give the give some credit to those three you don't just pick up any freaking wood to make a bow drill. You need a hardwood and a softwood Mm -hmm. so you can actually create some um, burnt sawdust, which you don't know which wood you got. You can't split it. You can't make a notch of it. For them to keep trying it, I think that shows their mindset, at least in the beginning, is strong to keep going.
0: Yes, yeah. They were definitely committed to it. We see you, Kara, and Naeem uh, finding that plane wreckage, and that had all sorts of treasures inside. We had goggles, cardboard, just everything. It was a real blessing. We did have that scare when Naeem almost knocked the plane off the cliff, but everyone survived, so that was a blessing.
1: That was... uh, I don't really get scared. I get worried because if that plane actually went down... Completely, it would have taken him down. Mm. And you are done at that point. It yeah. was not pretty. It was extremely steep. Thank God nothing happened, but uh, that was a real danger.
0: Yeah. I feel like you, I think you said something to him prior. Yeah, um, I told so. him not to
1: put his weight on it. And as soon as I said that, it just shifted maybe a couple of inches, but enough to say, oh, shit.
0: Right, <laughs> yeah. That is yeah. real. <laughs>
1: yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
0: we see candace who has also been eaten alive by the bugs their camp sets out to find water and they do again another kind of nervous situation for me it's this area where the tide runs out but then you have this little bit of fresh water coming in but again it's it's that risk that we have to take since nobody has fire yet we see andrew even if you have
1: fire even if you have fire what, you have to find a pot to boil that water in. So yeah. you don't have one problem. You have multiple problems.
0: Yeah, you've just got a whole shit basket full of problems. That's 99 problems. What, what, right, right. And, and a bowl is one. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Anyway, we see Andrew and Heather back working on the bow drill. And we are already just starting to see a little tension Two very different opinions. You know, and I feel like they were coming from a place like Heather was trying to help. I feel like sometimes Heather's approach can be, you know, I don't know, maybe misread. Well, that, yeah, kind of, in a way.
1: Yeah. In those situations, really, it takes such a big effort not to take anything personal because Andrew knows it or not, he is trying and, and it, it, from her point of view, she's telling them what he's doing wrong or what he needs to get done, you know, and you're dehydrated. You've been bitten like hell. You didn't yeah. sleep a minute the night before. So everything starts adding up, and it gets yeah. there very quickly.
0: Yeah, well, day two, and it's already yeah, it's already happening. We see you and your team out scavenging, and you find a fuel gauge – which will be helpful for when you build a car. But then, more <laughs> importantly, <laughs> I, I would not put it past you. I could see repairing the plane and flying out of there by day 21. But then you find the uh, gauge glass cover, which is essentially a magnifying glass, which is perfect for starting a fire. So that was, that was a huge
1: find. Well, here's the thing. J- just like you found something doesn't mean you have the ability, capability, and, and, the, and the opportunity to use it, right? And you find the lighter, but that stone was so little in it. Yeah, you find it, but it wasn't usable. When I did find the uh, magnifying glass, it was cloudy.
0: Hmm.
1: Without the sun actually directly hitting it, it's completely useless. You literally right. have to wait and wait until you get enough. A concentration of light to get there so you know it is a challenge
0: it is a challenge but I feel like it offered a little bit of hope and I feel like out of all the trash found thus far from all the teams I feel like that was uh, the best find I feel like you won the treasure hunt on day two <laughs> for sure well you test it out but the thick canopy cover it's a struggle But you're persistent and it pays off. You go out to an area where the sun's hitting it a little longer and uh, just like a seasoned pro, you get that fire going. So what what I want to know is at this point with that kind of location, is there a lot of firewood? Was your head thinking we're going to keep this fire going as long as we can? Or were you confident with what it took to start that fire that if it goes out, you would be able to get it back?
1: You, you, you know, the automatic thing is don't let the fire die. Yeah. Right. If you have no firewood, you have to get your coals, which I've done it in Africa, move up to somewhere that you can actually continue to survive. Mm-hmm. The location is iffy. Yes, there is wood, but most of it, because of it, it is so covered, the canopy is so high, everything is moldy or so soft, you can't really burn it. Again, most of your effort goes to, in a, in a challenge, water, firewood, fire itself. So it, it, it just adds another layer of, oh, shit, we got fire. Yeah, it, good and fine and dandy, but now you're going to have to find firewood at all times to keep that going.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, regardless, first team with fire, big success. And that cuts right to you out on just a casual stroll on the island, and you spot an armadillo, as some might refer to as an armadillo. And
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> you casually uh. go strolling after him and you manage to grab him. And he's trying to burrow into a hole. You've got him by the tail. And again, you have no knife, no weapon really at all other than a stick. And you have no idea how this creature is going to react.
1: Quite frankly, this is the first time I ever seen an armadillo other than the cartoons I watched. Oh, really? never seen that animal because as far as I don't know if they're nocturnal, they are really, mm-hmm. really uh, talented to hide. Yeah. And since I don't know if they bite, scratch, whatever the hell they do, I'm like, dude, I wish I had a knife at that point, but uh, too bad you don't.
0: Yeah. You just heard the hell up. My experience with armadillos is a lot of times when they're hit by cars, they kind of curl up and roll onto their back and it's perfect for putting a beer can in between their little front legs and their back (laughs) legs and it looks like they're drinking. But anyway, we see you battling the armadillo and just like that it cuts and that is our cliffhanger for the week. So we have to wait a week to see if the armadillo turns and attacks you or if you are successful, so I can't wait to see how that battle turns out. You know, out.
1: It, it it is the survival of the fittest, right? Everybody's trying to survive, including that that little armadillo. So the fight he gonna put is for life or death.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: So that that's a big fight.
0: Yeah, well, I how am. Gonna <laughs> I am anxious to see the outcome. I can only imagine. I mean, I've heard. A lot of people are attacked and killed by armadillos, so fingers crossed this works in your favor.
1: It's not the ability to kill to make the kill, but they get away. I've, I've chased a lot of animals down and they are just too fast, or I'm not fast enough, and sometimes the size of my ass gets bigger and I drown, right? <laughs> this shit happens in life. Not every time that, everything works. You
0: and that big ass.
1: <laughs> well, that's...
0: And the other thing is all it takes is them to turn around and bite you and either get an infection. I mean, a lot can go wrong.
1: Instant scream. Ah! yeah, Stop
0: <laughs> <Yeah, laughs>
1: attacking yeah. <laughs>
0: Well, I'm excited to see how this all plays out. I do feel like, you know, that first introduction, it was a lot like when they did Frozen XL. So much of it is the intro of everybody that you're kind Mm -hmm. of all over the map. So I'm really excited for episode two to kind of get down to business and see how how you guys do out there. But anyway, I want to thank you for your time. It is always a pleasure.
1: Thank you. And thank you for uh, inviting me again. And I can't wait for the third time.
0: Yeah, the third time is going to be really spectacular. Fasten your seatbelts, folks. And I want to thank you for listening. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review, and send any questions you have for me or my guests to questions at jacodinafraid.com. Join us next week for an all-new Jacob and Afraid. Until then, have a gorgeous week.